It's Tuesday, February 12th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. As we're facing another potential government shutdown, if no deal is reached on funding for President Trump's border wall, border security continues to be a major topic. One aspect of border security has to do with our Border Patrol agents and the struggle to recruit and keep agents. It's a tough job with harsh conditions, and there's also an issue with overtime pay. Ted Hessen, immigration reporter for Politico, joins us for more. Next, the leaks continue to drip out from the White House. Axios has published another round of President Trump's private schedules, again showing that he spends a lot of his day in unstructured executive time. The White House is furious about the leaks and expects some type of action to be taken this week. Elena Treen, reporter for Axios, joins us for more on the leaks. Finally, my favorite story coming out of the weekend, hashtag don't wash. Fox News host Pete Hegseth said that he hasn't washed his hands in 10 years, and germs are not a real thing because he can't see them. While he was joking on the air, the Twitterverse exploded with tons of people expressing outrage over how someone could not wash their hands. My producer Miranda joins us to talk about how to properly wash your hands. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. We're going to continue to do what we're doing. I think we've made a lot of progress. We've actually uh, started a big, big portion of wall today in a very important location, and uh, it's going to go up pretty quickly over the next nine months. That whole area will be finished. It's fully funded. Joining us now is Ted Hessen, immigration reporter for Politico. Immigration is always a big topic. Border security is a big topic this week, especially since we're waiting for a bipartisan group of lawmakers to negotiate another deal on the border wall, possibility of throwing more money towards President Trump's border wall. There's a Friday deadline on that. If not, there could be another partial government shutdown. We're not really sure what's going to happen at that moment. But there's also some other stuff going on, specifically with Border Patrol and retention, recruiting new agents and then keeping them there. What do we know about that, Ted? President Trump has pushed for a border wall, but one of the other things he's asking for is an additional 5,000 Border Patrol agents. And he actually has been calling for that since shortly after he took office. What people don't realize, though, is that Border Patrol is actually having problems hiring the available positions that they have now. There are about 1,800 agents short of what Congress has funded them for. And they've been that way for, for years at this point, And they really have problems attracting people to do this job. It's hard to make the case that we need more border agents when we can't really fill the roles we have right now. And it's an ongoing problem. The number of agents peaked at over 21,000 in 2011. And since then, it's kind of trended downward. And we all know it's a tough job. You're in the desert, a lot of desolate things, dealing with dangerous situations. So it's not the most coveted of jobs. I think it even consistently ranks at the bottom of federal survey of employee satisfaction. So it's a tough job to do, but there's all sorts of issues surrounding it on why it's hard to keep these people. Sure. I mean, the first thing you mentioned, just the nature of the work of being remote agents, especially entry-level ones, can often be assigned to posts that are, for lack of a better word, in the middle of nowhere. There are places where it might be hard for their spouse or significant other to find a job, places where there might be substandard medical care, and, you know, just not much to do. I mean, even having a Walmart in your town would be a big deal in some of these places. So, I mean, that's one hurdle to getting people to sign up. 
another issue is actually overtime pay in recent years. And this is something the Border Patrol Union has griped quite a bit about. They would like to see their overtime pay on par with what law enforcement agents and some of their sister agencies make. And the way things stand right now, they're essentially getting straight overtime, which is, you know, the hours that they would normally get paid to work overtime. Whereas if you're at U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which is known as ICE, you'll get time and a half for the most part. So there's, there's sort of things like that that make this job less appealing to someone who's looking for a law enforcement career. They did make some improvements, I guess, to the hiring process, and that's had its pros and cons. One of the things they waived required polygraph examination for certain veterans. I guess a lot of people are having trouble passing that polygraph test. There's two issues here. One is hiring and actually making sure you're bringing on enough people to keep the agency staffed. And another one is retention and making sure that agents aren't coming, working for a couple of years and then hopping to another law enforcement agency where they have better prospects. So I think they've you know struggled on both those fronts. Hiring, for the most part, they often look in the Southwest, but to expand beyond that can be challenging, you know, to go. And I heard agents tell me this, to go to New York City or Boston and say, hey, do you want to move down to this location on the border without much chance to ever rotate? back to a major city, that's a tough sell. Part of the problem here, and and in addition to that, is retaining agents. And we saw a uh, June report, a government audit, actually showed that it's fairly common for people to jump to other, what they call sister agencies over at ICE, which is uh, Interior Immigration Enforcement, and at the uh, Customs Office, which is essentially the people who are screening goods and people that come into the U.S. So, I mean, like like I said, they have kind of a, a big task in front of them to make this job appealing to uh, people who want to do it. One of the other things in your article that was interesting was the money that we're actually spending to recruit all these new agents. We paid some consulting firm $297 million in a contract in 2017 to hire 7,500 agents over five years. And in the first few years, all they were able to do was actually get two accepted job offers. They fought back saying that, you know, they created a hiring structure and recruited thousands of new applicants, but it was only a couple of offers that actually made it through. That's right. It's the uh, consulting firm Accenture had uh, a contract worth almost $300 million with DHS to, um, create a hiring structure to bring on agents. And the first maybe $14 million or so that was spent on it only produced two confirmed hires through this whole process. Now, the defense of that uh, is that Customs and Border Protection said in response that actually Accenture did create a pipeline for people to come in and contacted thousands of prospective hires who might come in. But the results were scant. It was just two confirmed hires through the, the first $14 million or so that were spent on that contract. The president often supports and really praises the Border Patrol, and rightly so. It's a dangerous job. It's a tough job. In your conversations with agents, what do they say about things about the wall and often being brought up in conversations about immigration enforcement? You know, one of the most striking things about the Border Patrol is their union, the National Border Patrol Council, is very closely aligned with the president. They actually backed him during his presidential campaign in in 2016. And uh, during the government shutdown back in December and January, at one point, the president of the Border Patrol Union, Brandon Judd, actually got up 
behind President Trump at a press briefing and stood with him and showed his support for essentially shutting the government down. You know, and something that was potentially hurting federal workers. I mean, losing paychecks or waiting on one or two paychecks isn't an easy thing for many workers out there. So they have stuck with the president, at least the union has. And, you know, they're standing by his message that they need a border wall. Ted Hessen, immigration reporter for Politico. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Granted, I think it's important to note that it, it isn't an issue that is only plagued this presidency or this administration. Right, there, exactly. every Almost every president has had leaks and had to deal with similar things. Joining us now is Elena Treen, reporter for Axios. The White House is again uh, being sieged by leaks. The latest in the set of leaks that we've had were leaks from his schedule, which shows that a lot of his time, a lot of the president's time, is taken up by what's called executive time on his schedule. Don't really know what's going on during that time. It seems it's just unstructured time. And it was put in place by former chief of staff John Kelly because he didn't like being locked into some regular schedule. I guess it's just a chance to let him get things done as he sees fit. The latest is that the current chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, has said that he expects some type of action this week on that leaker or whatnot. There's no sense that they actually know who it is just yet. You guys there at Axios published another set of schedules from this past week, showing that, again, about 50 percent of his time is this unstructured executive time. What do we know about that? After we had published roughly three months of the president's private schedules, the White House was kind of set out on a hunt to find the leaker who had sent those schedules to us. But that crackdown really hasn't stopped the leaking. As you mentioned, my colleague, Alexi McCammond, who obtained the schedules, still received, been receiving them. And so we did publish another week's worth of schedules. And it shows, so previously the schedules had shown, it's, it's very similar, that from around 6 a.m. was when normally around when the president gets up till about 11 or 11.30 is when he goes down to the Oval Office. And between that period, normally he's watching television, making phone calls, he is reading and preparing for the day. And um, a lot of White House officials will say, you know, he's still doing a lot of work on there. And as we mentioned in both stories, the schedules that we published aren't the full schedule. So there is another schedule that is kept in much more tightly wound circles that do show a few extra meetings. But the ones from this past week did show that the president spent roughly 50% of, of four days last week in non-structured executive time. And that's the time that I said, again, he's watching television, he's tweeting, he's making phone calls. But of course, it, it doesn't show the full picture. What's the biggest takeaway we should have from this? Is it this unstructured time for the president? We just kind of don't know what he's doing. We don't know what he's up to. Is it the leaks themselves? No one trusts the president or they don't trust others there in the White House. Is there this notion of the deep state where people are just leaking stuff because they want to paint a bad picture for him? The president is unconventional president. So you can't really hold them to the other standards of some of the other presidents with regards to their scheduling and things like that. What's the big takeaway from this? I mean, the reason that we ended up publishing these is because we think it's an usually voluminous leak, essentially, of, of what the president does. And I think yeah. it gives unprecedented visibility into how President Trump spends his days. Of course, yes, every president has different style. This pre- president in particular has, in, in many ways, even prided himself on being doing things different, being unconventional. And that is something that when we first published those schedules that Sarah Sanders had told us, she said, she emailed us a statement saying, 
President Trump has a different leadership style than his predecessors and that the results speak for themselves. That was a quote from Press Secretary Sarah Sanders. I think when you look back and you compare, which we have done, President Trump to the way that other presidents spent their time, someone like George W. Bush, who was quite opposite from this president, he was scheduled months in advance and woke up very early in the morning and went to bed a little bit earlier at night. It's interesting to compare the different leadership styles, and I think it's the public deserves to know what the president is doing every day. It's no secret that both supporters and opposers want to know exactly what the president is doing all the time. I guess the biggest thing on the White House front is the president and other people there seeing it as a big moment of mistrust. You know, it's kind of embarrassing mm-hmm. to be accused of doing nothing. And I think that's the way the president takes it. So now they're trying to root out who the leaker is. I've heard reports that they're using the White House IT office to maybe track who are the people that gets these schedules and then possibly who emailed them out. So that's the big hunt for right now. And we've seen this going on throughout the duration of the administration so far. That New York mm-hmm. Times op-ed came out and everybody went haywire, like trying to find out who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were saying people have to submit their cell phones before they go into certain rooms so that people couldn't take notes or, or send out emails. So uh, what are they doing to track this person down? Granted, I think it's important to note that it it isn't an issue that is only plagued this presidency or this administration. Almost every president has had leaks and had to deal with similar things. But Politico did scoop and Axios confirmed that internal hunt that you're discussing. And according to Politico, it was approved by the current acting chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, and the president himself is aware of this hunt that's going on. And it's exactly right. They want to find out who is the person that is going against that trust that you expect within the White House. And that is something I think that most officials we've spoken with said it's not even the publishing of the story or the schedules or what they show, because it is clear and the president has made clear through his tweets and we wrote in our story that um, it doesn't, of course, show exactly the same picture. But it's that it's that breach of trust. And I think that who they're, they're trying to find who that person is and who is the one behind all this. Yeah. And even Mick Mulvaney said he's not even confident what they could do once they find the person. Like he said, it's so difficult to fire federal workers. So he doesn't know what could happen, but I'm pretty sure if you find a leaker, you could probably fire him on those grounds. I'm not sure, but we'll see what happens. And uh, he said that he expects some type of action this week. So Elena Train, reporter for Axios, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. As I told you, my 2019 resolution is to say things on air that I say off air. I don't think I've washed my hands for 10 years. (laughs) Really, I don't. I I don't really wash my hands. Someone help me! No, no. I I inoculate myself. Uh, It's not germs are not a real thing. I can't see them. Therefore, they're not real. So you're becoming immune to all of the all the exactly. bacteria. Exactly. I can't get sick. My dad- Joining me now is my producer, Miranda. This is my favorite story that developed over the weekend. Hashtag don't wash. It comes in the form of Fox News host Pete Hegseth. They were doing a segment about him eating a day old pizza that was left <laughs> on set. And then he comes on and he says something like, Oh, it's my 2019 resolution to say things on air that I wouldn't say off air. It's a terrible resolution, by the way. (laughs) I know. You should never do that. No. Uh, And he says, I don't think I've washed my hands for 10 years. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, the co-hosts are laughing. He says, I inoculate myself. Germs are not a real thing. I can't see them. Therefore, they're not real. It's an obvious joke. But on the Twitterverse, it exploded, as a lot of times things do. And that's why I love this topic is because people go crazy about it. That's why I said hashtag don't wash. Uh, Somebody tweeted at him saying, I'm with you on hand washing. I'm almost 70 and I haven't had a cold (laughs) or flu in years. 
Our bodies need some germs to learn how to fight them. Too many germaphobes out there. Pete Hegseth retweeted that and said, hashtag don't wash. You know, you go and you click hashtag don't wash and all sorts of people are like very angry about it. Basically saying, oh, you're you're going to get other people sick. You're so nasty. It's hilarious. There's a mix of people who were sincerely on team hashtag don't wash. And then people who were clearly joking about how disgusting they are. Our friend Ryan Morrow jumped in the fray and said he doesn't even bother washing his hair because he uses his natural oil as gel to style it. So, you know, people are being really silly. I think my favorite one was said, put all of the hashtag don't wash morons in Alaska, toss in all the anti-vaxxers, flat earthers and Q Anon nuts there too. And then let Trump build the wall around that border <laughs> and block the world from their crazy. I mean, it's just hilarious, but it is a, an exercise in how crazy people explode on Twitter for his part. Hegseth said he obviously does wash his hands, but he says my half-hearted commentary to the point is, we live in a society where people walk around with bottles of Purell in their pockets and they sanitize 19,000 times a day as if that's going to save their life. He says he takes care of himself, but I don't obsess over everything all the time. And I tend to agree with that. I am on that camp. I obviously wash my hands all the time, but yeah, you don't have to obsess over it too much. You're not going to get sick from everything. I used to think that everything was pretty gross and I'd carry around the bottles of Purell. And then I had a two-year-old and I saw how disgusting the human body can be. <laughs> it kind of desensitizes you a little bit when you have kids. You let gross things slide a little bit more and you rationalize it to yourself by right. saying they're building their immunities. So I've seen her <laughs> literally lick the ground, but she won't eat broccoli. So there's a balance. I saw a kid eat a cookie off the wall one time. Like it was stuck on the wall and he <laughs> ate it off there. For his part, Pete Hexeth did say, I also support drinking from garden hoses and riding bikes without your helmet. <laughs> Cue the outrage. Uh-oh. So while that was all very uh, uh, fun, uh, you know, washing your hands is kind of a serious thing. I've gone to the restroom numerous times where I see people that don't wash their hands regularly will just leave and not wash it. I don't know what's behind that. But it's funny because uh, the CDC obviously is no laughing matter for them. They're like, you should be washing your hands all the time. If not, your hands become a free ride for bacteria and viruses. Well, they say your hands become the vectors. It transmits the bacteria and viruses from one place to another. So whatever you pick up in the bathroom, you put it on the handle, you put it on the phone, you put it on the vending machine, you put it on the elevator button. It goes everywhere with you. Here's the quote from the CDC. One gram of human feces, which is about the weight of a paperclip, can contain one trillion germs. I don't need that visual. <laughs> and I guess that's how norovirus gets started, especially on these cruise ships. We hear all these weird stories of how people are throwing up and uh, going number two all over the place. But that's exactly how those things get started, because people didn't wash their hands. It's really funny because the CDC goes into explicit directions on how to wash your hands effectively. And so they say, you know, wet your hands with running water, cold or warm. It doesn't matter. I used to think you had to wash your hands with like burning hot water. That's not the case. Just as long as it's running. Lather with soap, scrub for 20 seconds. I sing happy birthday. And then you rinse under the running water because that's it's like the soap doesn't kill the germs. Right. It just merely gets them up. And then the water is yeah, what rinses rinse them away. off. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the end, they say, you know, dry your hands using a clean towel or air dry them. And that's another interesting thing there is because from the things that I've read, using a paper towel is probably the best way. I know a lot of people have these air dryers now. I heard those are the worst. And those are the worst because you're still blowing stuff all over the place, even more so than, than normal. And whatever yuck is in the bathroom is getting blown around. Yeah, I like, I'm a big proponent of the paper towel. My husband likes to use the 
the regular cloth towel, which kind of grosses me out. But if you change it all the time, I guess it's fine. Yeah, something disposable is uh, probably the best. Either way, I just wanted to bring this story to attention just because everybody does need to take a step back and recognize a joke when it's a joke. Yeah. But also, it is important to wash your hands. Don't be gross. Yeah. Thank you, Miranda. Thanks, Oscar. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on Twitter and Daily Dive Podcast on Facebook. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Daily Dive is produced by Miranda Moreno and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive. <laughs>